You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. In 16, Jesus said that he's given us the keys of the kingdom. We talked about worship as a key. We talked about prayer as a key. We talked about his word as a key. And today we're going to talk about faith. Faith as being a key. In Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says this. It says, and you've, you've all heard this scripture, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. How many of you know that salvation is a gift? God gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for us. What a gift. Is anybody here worth that gift? Would you give your child to die for someone who didn't deserve it? Now that's a gift. And it's through faith. You see, God did what had to be done already for all of human race. Jesus died for everyone. He didn't just die for this group of people or that group of people. And look around you. This is a diverse church. Take a look around you. We got every race, color, creed, every crazy spectrum of people. Oh, we got some crazy people here, starting right here on the stage. But you know what? We're a special people called by God. You look around, this is what heaven's going to look like. I'm so excited that we are so diverse here. You know, Jesus sent his his son to die for all of us. Then why is not everyone saved? Because it is through faith. See, Jesus already died on the cross for our sins, but it is through faith that we are saved. Everybody say, through faith. faith. You see, faith is the key that unlocks salvation. Romans 12.3 says that we all have been given a measure of faith. All those that have put our faith and trust in Jesus have been given a measure of faith. And Jesus said, listen, if you even have faith, As small as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. So how many of you here have mountain-moving faith? Amen. I know you do, honey. (laughs) We've been given a measure of faith. And how does faith increase in us? Remember the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. How is faith increased? It says faith comes, faith is increased by hearing God's word. So you've done a really good thing by coming to church today. You're going to hear God's word. If you will receive it, it will increase your faith. How many of you got saved by hearing the word, believing in your heart, saying a prayer, and then standing up and saying, I'll receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior? See, because it's through faith. Through faith. Now let's go back to the foundational scripture we've been looking at here. It's from Matthew chapter 16. This is in the Message Bible. It says, he, Jesus, pressed them, and he said, how about you, to his disciples? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the Messiah, son of the living God. Jesus came back and said, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers, but my Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret. He gave you a measure of faith who I really am, and now I'm going to tell you who you really are. 
You see, because until you find out who Jesus is, you'll never really know who you are. See, because God has created you to do something great. He has a plan for every single one of us. Doesn't matter how young or how old we are. Doesn't matter how little education or how much education we have. It doesn't matter if we're ugly or good looking, even though everybody here is good looking. You won't find out who you are until you find out who he is. And he said, I'm going to tell you who you are, Peter. You're a rock. And on this rock, on this revelation, on this confession of faith that you made, Peter, I'm going to put together, I'm going to build my church, a church expansive and with energy. You see, a church that is full of faith is expansive and it has energy. Anybody here have energy? Call that energy. I said, does anybody here have energy? There you go. And if you don't work out before you come to church, I did like 30 sit-ups before I, when I woke up this morning, I was like, is that enough? <laughs> Just get that blood flowing, you know? Because your body will pull you back many times. He says, I'll, I'll build my church on that church expansive and with energy. If we're going to ch- be a church that expands, and we are expanding, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do next. <laughs> if anybody's got a revelation for me, please feel free. But we are expanding, and we do have energy. Hey, if you can stay with a bunch of teens from 8 at night to 8 in the morning, you got to have energy. We're a faith-filled, expansive church with energy. And Jesus said, it says that Jesus pressed them. Let me ask you a question. When you're pressed, what comes out? Ooh, (laughs) somebody said poison. (laughs) I don't want to press you. (laughs) When you're pressed, when when trials and tribulations or at work and different things, when you're pressed, what comes out? Jesus said out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you get pressed, whatever you're saying, that's what you're believing. I said when you get pressed, whatever you're saying, that's what you believe. And it matters what you hear, because what you hear goes into your heart, and then when you're pressed, what comes out of your heart is what you speak. I remember somebody was, early on when I got saved, this pastor was, tell, was speaking about faith, and he was saying, you know, what comes out of your mouth is really what's in your heart. He said it's like a tube of toothpaste, you know? And when it gets squeezed, whatever pops out says a lot about who you are. Think about it when you get pressed, you know what I'm saying? When somebody cuts you off. You get pressed, or your boss annoys you, and you get pressed, or your spouse annoys you, which never happens, and you get pressed. What comes out? What comes out when you're stressed? What comes out? That says a lot about you. We want to be a church that's energetic and expansive, and you need to be individually that same way. That when you hear God's word and it gets planted in your heart, that that's what you speak. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So Jesus said all this, right? And now look at the next scripture in Matthew chapter 16. I love this in the message where it says, it says, that's not all. And that's not all. Step right down here. The price is right. How many of you here are salespeople? 
I was in the first service, I was like, how many of you are salespeople? And some people gave the alligator arm like this. <laughs> You're not going to be a very good salesperson if you can't just raise your hand. How many of you are salespeople? Come on. Salespeople can walk into a room and control the room. Because when you're selling, you're not selling the product as much as you're selling yourself first. Amen? And you know what? We're selling Jesus. It's free. We're selling the best product on earth, and there's no cost. So Jesus said, and that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. Keys to open any and every door. Let me tell you something. Once you get saved, there's more. Thank God. I remember when I first got saved, I was a drug dealer and a burglar, as many of you know that have read my book. And if you read some other things you didn't know. And you're still here. It's amazing. Anyway, but when I got saved, I suddenly realized that I couldn't do what I was doing anymore. Yeah, just a little change of lifestyle. Anybody? You got saved and things had to change? I, I, I can't go into supermarket roofs anymore? No, no. Can't. <laughs> got to go in the door past the cap like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Got to get a real job. And I remember my brother had given me a Bible and said, read in the book of John. So I was just reading the book of John just like, hey, I get whatever it says is true. Okay. Pray and believe that you receive it. It's yours. Pray in the name of Jesus and you will have it. Really? That's it? So I did. And it, it worked. The Bible worked. Isn't that weird? No, yes, it does work, or we have nothing. I remember saying, okay, I got to get a job. Went into New York City, went into an employment agency. Before I got in there, I said, Lord, please, I need a job. Please, I need a job. Went in there, sat with some, you know, guy that, you know, hands out jobs, and he said, okay, we got a job for you. It wasn't the job I wanted. I wanted to be like a CEO on the first day. I was like, can I... I just be a CEO today. <laughs> can we just skip all that? You can do all things. But <laughs> it's got to be according to God's word to ask in his name. But I just, I did. And then I, I did whatever came. And that was it. But you know, that simple, remember when you had just that simple faith and you, didn't, you weren't all corroded? Yeah. And, and, and as time goes on, you know, it's, Faithful, faith really exercises so pure and simple and exciting and energetic. You know, I love how our youth come up here and worship. You know why? Because they're hearing the word and they're just believing it. They haven't lived long enough for it to, to, to fall into unbelief. That's why we got to get them when they're young. Get them into Sunday school. Get them into youth group so they can hear this and they haven't been hindered by this world because the world will suck the faith right out of you. It will. It'll suck it. Because then you go through all this stuff and you're like, where was God? Believe me, he was there all the time. You had the same faith you did way back then that you have now. When you are pressed, what comes out? 
And what is faith? We know Hebrews 11.1, right, everybody? Hebrews 11.1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things obscene. Now, the word faith is the word, it's, it's the Greek word pisteu, or sometimes it's uh, pronounced pistis. And, but it, it all means the same thing where you see believe and faith, same word. So belief is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance there means foundation. It means what's under what you hope for. Anybody here hoping for anything in this life? I wrote a book just to give people hope. That's why I wrote it. Because I know if you got a little bit of hope, hope that's undergirded by faith, that you can do amazing things. It's when you start to lose hope. And the only way you'll lose hope is if that foundation of faith is weak. See, faith is the foundation that keeps your hope going. Amen? Let me ask for it. If you're sick and you come up for, to be prayed for, what do you want to hear? What are you hoping for? That's why nobody should be praying for you. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. You got that pain in your back? Yeah, I had it last month too. I know, it's really bad. Let's Google it together so we can both go and get surgery. Did you ever Google something when you had an ailment? I remember one time I was having these pains in my stomach. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I had something, and then all of a sudden, I went to sleep, and I felt this fire going up my throat. And I woke up. I thought I was in hell, and I was like, wait a minute. I believe in Jesus. <laughs> this fire was welling up, and it came to my neck. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody here? Now, I found out later what it was. But when I went to the, so here it is, it's like midnight, I go downstairs, I'm like, what the heck is this? Burning sensation in my throat. <laughs> Not in my throat, but I started like, burning sensation. You have ulcerative colitis, holes in your stomach, you probably right now are leaking fluid. I was dying. I'm like, Alicia, did you ever get woken up? You know what it was? It was something called acid reflux, but I, I didn't know. It's like a fire. It was like, and it got you here. I was like, choking, I'm dying. Leisha, what's happening to me? She was like, it's nothing, honey. Go to bed. Because everything with her is nothing, honey. I could be there. My arm could be backwards. It could be blood squirting out. She'd be like, put a Band-Aid on it. It's nothing, honey. In 2005, I had, they, the, the doctor said I had something. They said I had a heart attack, but three days later, I was totally healed. But when I was having it, I was like, Leash, everything's closing in. I can't see anything. She's like, just go to bed, honey. It's okay. <laughs> Fifteen minutes later, I was on a gurney looking at my kids. It's over. But you know what? She had the faith that I didn't. I'm telling you the truth. Ask my kids. It's true. Faith is the substance of what you're hoping for. What are you hoping for? Are you hoping to be healed? Are you hoping to be blessed? Are you hoping that your marriage would be better? Are you hoping that your teenagers would get healed? 
So when you come up for prayer, what do you want to hear? You want to hear words of faith. What does it say in James? That the prayer of what? The prayer of faith heals the sick. So don't be praying any other prayer unless it's the prayer of faith. That's why it says call the elders to pray. Because guess what? They've heard the word for a long time. Their faith is built up most of the time. Don't call the person that isn't saved or just got saved to pray with you because they don't know how to pray in faith. If I'm sick, I want a prayer of faith. I want somebody to tell me that in Jesus' name you are healed. By his stripes you are healed. Jesus died on the cross for your situation. If I'm going through financial struggles, I don't want somebody to come up alongside of me and say, I know how bad it can be. You don't have to tell me I'm in right now. But how about that even this mountain of debt that you're in? I remember when I was in a mountain of debt in the late 90s. I mean, just it was horrible. And I was hearing this word from this, from this preacher about how God could turn around. God could turn around. God could turn around. He took Joseph from the prison to the palace in one day. And I was like, okay, my name is Joseph. Okay, I, I'm definitely in prison. I need to get to that palace. So you know what I did? I just stayed listening to that word for years, just listening to it. Like, I just need to hear that. I don't need to hear any negativity. I've heard enough negativity for my whole life. I need to hear this word of faith. I do. You know, the faith movement, as it's called, has its faults, and so does every other movement that's ever happened because people are involved. But hearing the word, speaking the word, and then hearing the word again, that's biblical, and that will change your life. That will change your life, and it changed my life. So it's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things unseen. It's the confidence. These are like courtroom words, you know, in the Greek. It's like the confidence, one, one definition is like the confidence of the forensic evidence that it's true. The forensic evidence being God's word. Guess what? Everything you see is going to pass away one day. But the word will never pass away. So why would you put your faith in something that's going to pass away when you can put your faith in something that will never pass away? I remember the first message I ever preached. It was over 20 years ago. How many of you were there when I preached that message? The first one was a few people. Wow. It's like five of you. You stayed this long. Amen. I remember that day, I was preaching at this church in Edison, and I'm talking about standing on the Word. I took the Bible, and I slammed it on the ground, and I jumped on top of it, and I said, if you can't stand on this Word, there's nothing else you can stand on. If you can't stand on this Word, there's nothing you can stand. And I was going through turmoil in my life at that time, so that's all I had. I believed in this evidence. I am convinced of this evidence of things not seen. And that word things, right away you're thinking of things like cars and stuff like that. But that word things means events or happenings or a plan for your life. Something that's going to take place, an event. What are you hoping for in your life? What are you hoping to take place in your life? Are you convinced 
that what God says about you is going to come to pass? Let me ask you a question. Are you convinced of Jeremiah 29, 11, or do you just go around saying it? I know the plans I have for you. They are for good and not evil, for a future and a hope. How many of you really believe that? Let's be honest, because sometimes we don't. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? You know, secular music, some of it's okay, but if you listen to too much of it, it'll have you doing things that aren't godly. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? You know, and sometimes, you know, I, I love some old songs I like to listen. It brings back memories of stuff, but it's not godly memories. It may even be good memories. But when I'm listening to Hillsong or Fred Hammond, whatever it is, I like all kinds of worship music. Any of you here like me? Like, you just like it all. You know why? Because it uplifts your heart. See, what you're listening to, what you're watching, goes into your heart, will eventually come out of your mouth. How many of you work around people that curse all day? How many of you sometimes when somebody cuts you off, you're ready to curse now because you've been listening to it all day? Let's, let's be honest. Because it's going into your ear. You know, my kids are home for the weekend, you know, and they have no respect for the fact that I preach on Sunday mornings. So last night they put on a movie, and I am a movie fanatic. Anybody? Like, I could watch a movie 55, 60 times, 70, maybe 100. All right, maybe 200. So last night they put on this zombie movie. World War, A, B, C, D, all the way to Z, right? I've seen it before. And, you know, they're watching everything, and I'm like, oh, Saturday night, I'm supposed to study. You're supposed to be in the Word. So, of course, I find myself on the couch with everybody else watching Brad Pitt run into Israel from dead people. And before you know it, I look at my kids and I go, I got to preach tomorrow. They're like, so what? <laughs> we, we didn't make you come in here. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm getting this in my ears. I'm getting in this in my eyes. i got to get away from this. i got to get back to the Word. So once the movie ended, I left the room. And... <laughs> i got to be honest. <laughs> you like that, don't you, Chris? And I'm in there all of a sudden. I'm like wiping everything clean. Like, in Jesus' name. And <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Put on the worship music quick. <laughs> You ever have to like brainwash yourself? Like, I'm like, tomorrow I'm gonna be talking about zombies. I mean, oh my gosh, I was so worried. And the Lord finally said, Okay, that's enough. You can go to bed now. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, just blocking that in my head because it took a while to, to, to change everything all up in there. I had to get changed because that stuff will affect you. Every time you come home on a weekend now, yeah. Yeah, you too. Wait a minute. You were watching the movie too. You know, it is our kids live away. You know, they come home and, you know, you know, just want to hang out and watch zombies. I can't believe we did that. Anyway, because on Saturday night, I'm always preparing for Sunday because I want my head to be clear. I, and, you know, and that should be all the time. Because what you hear and gets planted in your heart will come out when you get pressed. Understand this, 
that what you hear and what you believe and then you start to speak can come to pass in your life. I grew up believing that nothing could ever be good, that nothing could ever be good, that my life could never be okay, that it would always be a mess, there'd always be a problem. And I even grew up thinking because someone very close to me, actually my mother, would tell me that you'd be better off dead. Not that I would be better off dead, that, that we would be better off dead, that if you take your own life, that you'll find a place of peace. And it made total sense to me. You mean a person just dies and then they go into the ground and there's no more? Because to me, living was hell. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? And that seemed like an easy way out. Peace forever. You're underground? Nothing? I didn't believe in an afterlife. Made total sense. To the point that I started saying, I'm not going to live past the age of 30. And two of my closest friends would always say that. They're not going to live past 30. Two of my closest friends, and they did not live past 30. They both died from AIDS. They both died from AIDS. And, uh, you know, so I started to think that. I started to believe that. And by the time I was 27, if I hadn't met up with Jesus, I wouldn't have lived past 30. Because I would have taken my own life because I was saying it. That's why I say if you hear someone saying they're going to commit suicide or they don't want to live anymore, that's danger zone time. That's danger zone time when someone says it. And someone actually heard me talking about this a few weeks ago, and they want me to talk to somebody about it, and I, I will. Because that's when you know you've gone too far. Because what you hear and what you believe in your heart starts to come out of your mouth. You're in a vicious cycle. Because you're saying it, and then you're hearing it. And you're saying it, and then you're hearing it. You're saying it, and then you're hearing it. And before you know it, you'll be doing it. It's so important. For the Word of God to be what we hear. It's so important for worship music to be what we hear. You all made a really good choice today. You came to church to hear the Word of God. Because what you hear today can get into your heart and come out of your mouth and change your life forever. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. This is a story about a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. 12 years life bleeding from her. And then here's what happened. She heard about Jesus. It always starts with what you hear. She heard about Jesus. And what did she hear? Well, she heard that everybody that touched Jesus was getting healed. It says it in Mark chapter 3, Luke chapter 6, all that happened before she did this. So she heard through the grapevine that everybody that touches Jesus gets healed. But it wasn't true because everybody that touched Jesus didn't get healed. But it was everybody that touched him by faith. But watch how her faith unlocked God's grace in her life. She came behind and touched him because she said. And if you look at Matthew, it says because she said to herself. Now what have I taught you here as a congregation about who do you, who do you believe more than anyone else on earth? Who do you believe? Your husband, I understand. <laughs> Your dad? Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you believe? Whose voice on earth, I said, 
Hopefully you believe God's voice more than you believe your own voice. For who can you talk into anything? You. Listen, I go before the mirror almost every day and look and say, God, you look younger. My God, you're so thin. Have you been working out? No, I don't. I do, though. I always look in the mirror and feel like I look better. But I know for a fact I'm definitely, I put on some extra pounds. But I'm able to suck it in like this and look. Listen, I want to tell you something. We were on vacation, right? We were on vacation in this resort, and this resort had everything. We got blessed. I'm not telling you to make you jealous. We were on vacation. That's why I never post pictures when we're on vacation on Facebook. I don't want people feeling bad that we're in 90-degree weather. And we got favor. We, we really did. We, got, we really got blessed. I don't know how it happened. Yes, I do, but God. But he blessed us. And we were in this, and this place had everything, everything. And when I went to the mirror, I said, honey, that mirror is lying. Right? This mirror made you look thinner. They slipped that in there to make you feel good. Because I knew, I knew for a fact that I'm not that thin and good looking. As a matter of fact, I'm buying one of those mirrors. I'm, not, I'm serious. I am serious with you. I kept going in front of that mirror going, gosh. So, how... Men, how many men here, when you look in the mirror every day, think you look good? Come on, raise your hand, men. Do you know, do you know that it's a fact, it's a fact that men, when they look at themselves in the mirror, this is studies, men always think they look good. Did you know that? That's why we don't have that mirror that magnifies your face. I don't need to look at that. I know I look good already. I don't need them back. I don't need to look close up at the pores. I don't need it. I know I look good right now. I don't need any makeup. Why do I need that? I look good now. That's why the, the diet thing that they do, the Daniel Plan Fit, there's no men in there. We all think we're skinny. We do, it's a fact. But women think just the opposite. They get in there with that microscope. They're getting facials like they're pinching little things that nobody could see. When women, they get married now, they're spending more on makeup than they are on the, on the, on the party venue. They, now they got this thing like air spray or something, you know, they spraying. I got to look in the pictures. For what? So 30 years from now, you can feel bad when you look at how you look back then? What's this? Why would you do that to yourself? Make yourself look ugly, and then 30 years from now, you can go, oh, I look better than that now. Right? It's all about expectations. But you can convince yourself. No, I do. I convince myself that I, that I can do anything, and that I look good and everything, and I, I do, but... Um, she said, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be made well. Like she settled it here because she heard 
that everybody that touched him was made well. So she started to say it to herself enough that she was finally like, and she, and she was unclean. She wasn't even supposed to be out in public. She was going to be pushing people aside. She wasn't supposed to touch anybody. I like this woman. Because she made up her mind. I'm going. And I'm touched. And you know how she did? By talking herself into it. How many of you talk to yourself? All the time? Oh, shit. Why are you raising her hand? Do you hear her talking to yourself? Uh, you're not supposed to talk to yourself out loud. They will put you in a straitjacket. But you know what? A lot of you are talking to yourself right now. You're saying, I don't know if this is the kind of church we really want to go to. I mean, <laughs> it's like rock and roll, people laughing. <laughs> we made a mistake, honey. Well, <laughs> But you talk to yourself. That's why when I talk to my kids, and I say, this is what you're going to do tomorrow, son. And he looks at me and goes, okay, I'll do it. Inside he's going, not on your life. <laughs> Anybody? Come on. You're talking to somebody, but they're saying no inside. They can say yes to you, but they're saying no. Come on. How many of you ladies, come on, you do that to your husband. He says to you something, and you're like... Okay, honey. It's true. Because you're talking to yourself and you listen to yourself and you could talk yourself into anything. How about you talk to yourself into healing? How about if you talk yourself into blessing? How about if you talk to yourself and say, our marriage can be great? How about if you talk to yourself and say, my kids are going to serve the Lord? How about if you talk to yourself and say, no matter my background, no matter my education, God loves me. He's got a great plan for me. All things are possible to him who believes. We're going to finish right now in Mark chapter 9. Because all things are possible to him who believes. By the way, I love when you clap. It's really nice. Let's me know you're alive. And you know what else it does? It wakes up some of the people from the all-nighter that right now are going like this. What is that? Huh? Oh, they're there. The nodders. Did you ever see the nodders in church? They're like, their eyes are like, they're like... In the sound booth, they, they take turns sleeping back there. They got a cot. Just kidding. Here's a man who has a son who's thrashing about. He's having seizures. He's having all kinds of issues. He's had a spirit for a long time. Father doesn't know what to do. So he's going to bring him to Jesus, but Jesus just happens to be at the transfiguration on the mountain, so uh, Jesus is busy at this moment, you know. So he brings them to the disciples because they've been casting out demons. They've been speaking healing over. Jesus had given them some authority. And what happens is they can't cast out the demon. So what happens? Jesus comes back down from the mountain. Everybody's arguing. It's just like church people sometimes. Why did they get healed? What's going on? What kind of church is that? It's not about people. It's not about a church. It's about a living God. Everybody say amen. amen. Do not judge God by me or my wife or Pastor John or Pastor Kevin or Pastor Courtney or any youth leader or leader. Do not judge God by what people do. Do not judge God by what people do because you will be let down. 
So here's his father. He's got some faith to bring his son to Jesus. He's like, oh, I'm going to bring my son to Jesus. But Jesus is on the mountain. So he brings him to Jesus' disciples, and they can't do it. So what happens to this man's faith? Starts waning. Like, and by the time he gets to Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, who can calm a sea, who can touch an eye and make it open, who can raise people from the dead, this is his thing to Jesus. If you could do anything. And you know what? There's a lot of people that have come to that point because they've been let down. If you could do anything. Hey, God, if you could just do anything. Let me tell you something. He can do it all. He's God. Jesus comes right back at him. He goes, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. How many things are possible? Wait, can we try that again? How many things are possible? Does that mean it's possible that you could be healed of cancer? Does it mean it's possible if you have not been able to have a baby that you can have a baby? Well, I know those things are possible because we've prayed for people for those things and they've been healed and they've had babies. As a matter of fact, the baby thing is easy for us here, okay? My wife and I have six kids. And if you know any of the women here that were having issues getting pregnant, it's just like, okay, baby. And then you just leave. You don't want to touch them too long, okay? So you might have triplets, all right? Years ago, I I did the double thing on her and she had twins, okay? (laughs) You want to pray for the baby? Let's do it one at a time here, okay? But we prayed over so many women that were barren and seen them. Why? Because we believed we were convicted in our hearts. It was supported by our faith. We never doubted it, ever. Just never doubted it. And you might be faith in a certain area. You're given different measures. I know people that will pray for somebody about healing in their body and just believe it and that's it. That's who you want praying for you. Me, I can pray for somebody about finances. I'm not even, I know God does that. It's my whole life. I'm a high school dropout. I mean, I know that it doesn't matter who you are or where you came from or what your education is or how good looking or how ugly you are. And we're all good looking. And, well, at least we think so when we look in the mirror. But no matter what, I believe it's done if you just pray for it. And we're all graced with different things. We've all been given a measure to believe something. And if you can, all things are possible. And then the father said, Lord, I believe, but help me. This isn't a judgment about your faith, whether you have enough or not. This is, are you real about it? Because he got real. He said, I believe, but I really don't, because it's my son. You know, a lot of times with my own kids, if I need a prayer about my kids, I would ask somebody else. Pastor Kev Vera, Pastor John Susan, somebody pray for my kids. Because I'm in it. You know, sometimes you're in something and you just can't see out of it because it's emotional to you. It hurts your heart that one of your kids might be in trouble or a situation like that. 
So you ask somebody else for help. Help me. If there's something going on, you need help. Ask for help. Walking away and not asking for help gets you no help. And when you ask God for help, you get help. He said, help me. Help me. My faith is weak. Help me. Immediately, Jesus healed him. Where are you in what you're hoping for? What are you, what you're hearing, if, if you're hearing God's word, and you're letting that get planted in your heart, when, when you're pressed, that will come out of your mouth. There came a time in my life where financially I was in ruin. It wasn't long ago. And I just started saying, God loves me. He's going to bless me. He didn't take me this far to drop me. And then when people said, how are you doing? When I say to people, how are you doing? And they say, I'm hanging in there. I don't want to hear it. You are not a bat. There's no hanging in there. God's people do not hang from hooks like this. I'm hanging in there. I'm just hanging in there. You're blessed. God loves you. He sent his only son to die for you. You think he doesn't love you? Think he doesn't care about your finances? Think he doesn't care about your health? Think he doesn't care about your family? Think he doesn't care about your marriage? Think he doesn't care about your depression? Think he doesn't care about your loneliness? Yeah, he cares. But without faith, it's what? It's, what is it? Everybody say impossible. impossible. Okay, so let's get this straight. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But if you have a little bit of faith, all things are possible to you. We're choosing today. We choose impossibilities. Listen, I remember just Praying and trusting God for a really nice building, full of people, a church, a loving, gracious church, an awesome worship team, other pastors to come alongside of me. I heard it, it got into my heart, and I started saying it. And slowly but surely, it's coming to pass. Because I'm persuaded that what I hope for is what he wants from me. I'm persuaded. There comes a time where you just get persuaded. And, and so you say, how do I get persuaded? Here's how. You hear the word. It gets into your heart. And then when you're pressed, that's what comes out. And here's the great thing. Who do you listen to more than anybody else? You. So when you say it, you hear it. And it goes back in your heart. And then you say it, you hear it. How many of you are OCD like me? You're in a good place. You know why? Because you'll just keep saying something. You'll just keep hearing something. And then you'll say it again. You'll hear it again. And you'll believe it again. And you'll say it again. And you'll hear it again. And you'll believe it again. You'll say it again. You'll hear it again. You'll believe it again. See how OCD I am? You can, I could do that for like an hour. But do you see that? Do you see that, how it works? You see how it works? So start reading the Word. Oh, I am, aren't I, hun? But that could be good. Hear it, believe it, speak it. That's how many of you got saved. Let, we've heard the gospel, right? Do you know what the gospel is? It's that God loved you, that he sent his own begotten son, that whosoever believed in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. If you want to live forever, you need Jesus. 
you want to live it forever in heaven, in his presence, you need Jesus. And how does that happen? Through faith, right? Faith that Jesus died on the cross. Faith that he, his blood covers our sins. Faith that after three days, God raised him from the dead. Faith that if you put your faith and belief in that, that all your sins are forgiven, and you are, God's not mad at you anymore. You are escaped from judgment, and you will live forever in glory. That's how, through faith, through faith, through faith, through faith, through faith. On Friday night here, they preached about, I wasn't here, but I heard that Pastor Ken was preaching about how Jesus was your friend to the young people. Because many young people, many teens, friends have let them down. People will ultimately let you down. But God will never let you down if you put your faith in Him. So if everybody would close their eyes right now, bow their heads with me. If you've never put your faith in Jesus before, it says you are saved through faith. Through hearing this message, believing in your heart and speaking it with your mouth. And when you say the prayer of salvation, there's one very important person that hears it, and it's not God. It's you. You hear it. And then you make a decision. So say this prayer with me. Say, Father, Father I know that Jesus is your son. Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross, on the cross. for my sins. my sins. I've made mistakes, God. But I want Jesus in my life. You raised him from the dead. Raise me to a new life today. I receive him by faith. Amen. Keep your eyes closed, your head bowed, just for a second. Just in respect to everybody who's around you. If you said that prayer for the first time, you want to be 100% sure you're going to spend eternity in heaven. You heard the gospel and you believe it and you want your life to be changed. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand high to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Okay. All right. All of you that raise your hand, do me a favor. Real quick, stand to your feet. You're all over the place. Stand up. Come on. You can do it. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. 